0: This is the Proactive IT Podcast. This week, the latest in IT and cybersecurity news Louisiana state government hit with ransomware. Were they prepared? What does Disney Plus have to do with cybersecurity awareness? And it's almost Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? This is episode five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Proactive IT Podcast. Each week, we talk about the latest in tech and cyber news, compliance, and more. We also bring you real world examples to learn from so that you can better protect your business and identity. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a HIPAA compliant, client focused IT consultant located in central Connecticut. You can find us at NuageTech.com. That's N W A J Tech.com all right so patch tuesday for november 2019 was november 12th for microsoft they did release some patches to address vulnerabilities in uh hyper-v and in the scripting engines so if you have not updated microsoft windows as of yet you should uh test and roll it out as needed so we talked about in a previous episode so go back to episode four have a listen and update as necessary Google did release another update for Google Chrome to address a couple of vulnerabilities that um, are, are not being exploited at the moment but do exist. So you should be on version 78.0.3904.108. That's 78.0.3904.108. four one zero eight. All right. So make sure you're up to date on your Google Chrome and let's see what we got for news this week so the first uh, first of all i'm recording a day later than normal it's been a a crazy week so didn't get a chance to record normally on friday so we're recording on saturday so i have a couple of news items that came up between yesterday and today which is saturday november 23rd google will award one million dollars plus to people who can hack Titan M security chip. This is on ThreatPost. The company expanded its Android bug bounty program as one of several recent moves to ramp up mobile security. Google's willing to award up to $1.5 million to hackers who can successfully hack its Titan M security chip on the company's Pixel services as part of an expansion of its Android bug bounty program unveiled this week. So if you're looking to make a cool million plus, then uh, hack... Google's Titan M security chip. So that's on Threat Post. Uh, I reported this yesterday in the daily, the cybersecurity daily that I do. National Tax Security Awareness Week is December 2nd through the 6th. The Internal Revenue Service has released an article announcing that National Tax C- Security Awareness Week will be held December 2nd through the 6th. The annual recognition event will feature a series of resources and tips to help taxpayers and tax professionals protect their data and identities against identity theft. So every year there are issues with theft of identity and even people submitting multiple tax returns because somebody claiming to be them submitted one and then they submitted one, so now the IRS upholds everything, investigates, and uh, it's, it's been a big deal for the last few years. So again, National Tax Security Awareness Week will be December 2nd through the 6th. We will be sharing tips for, th- for that week. Data enriched profiles on 1.2 billion people have exp- people exposed in gigantic leak. This is also on threat post and also again uh, was posted late yesterday. Although the data was legitimately scraped, meaning this was data that was found on social social um, media sites and so forth on the internet, um, it was legally scraped by legally operating firms. The security and privacy implications are numerous. So. An open Elasticsearch server has exposed the rich profiles of more than 1.2 billion people to the open Internet. First found on October 16th by researchers Bob Dechenko and Vinny Troyoa. The database contains more than 4 terabytes of data. It consists of scraped information from social media sources like Facebook and LinkedIn combined with names, personal, and work email addresses, phone numbers, Twitter, and GitHub URLs and other data commonly available from data brokers, i.e. companies which specialize in supporting targeted and advertising, marketing, and messaging services. Taken together, the profile provide a 360-degree view of individuals, including their employment and education histories. All the information was unprotected with no login needed to access it. So this is information that, that people are leaving out there on the Internet. Um, and everybody does it, Facebook, LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, chances are you're trying to either grow a business or get a job, and so your information is there, and a lot of people still keep their email addresses even after the LinkedIn breach a few years ago. People still keep email addresses and so forth on LinkedIn. Um, Some people keep email addresses that aren't relevant like I do, but other people keep their, their business email or email address that they use for for whatever reason, on LinkedIn and available for everybody. Okay. Uh, I reported this yesterday in the cybersecurity daily, millions of sites exposed by flaw and Jetpack WordPress plugin. There's, um, five point, there's five, there's 5 million installs of the Jetpack plugin, which is managed by the group automatic, which also manages WordPress. Um, So, if you should, you should immediately apply an update to get to Jetpack 7.9.1. This goes, this vulnerability goes all the way back to Jetpack 5.1, which is from 2017. And as I said yesterday, if you're still using a plugin not updated since 2017, then you have problems because chances are you're leaving yourself open to attack big time. So, get... Your WordPress plugins patched, updated, get your WordPress core files updated, and uh, make sure your website is secure. Um, there are people, and uh, there are courses available on the internet to learn how to attack um, WordPress sites. They're freely available on YouTube. You could pay for them on Udemy. So people are learning how to do it, going out there and testing and potentially hacking. WordPress sites N- not just WordPress but WordPress accounts for the majority of the websites the ma- WordPress is the CMS of choice for most of the w- uh, websites on the internet today so it is It's like the same reason Microsoft Windows is the target for many attackers because it is the um, the w- the operating system used the most in the world it's the same thing for WordPress it's a target because it is the the CMS, the back end for most websites on the Internet today. There were three HIPAA breaches to report this week. Um, interesting is none of them reported within 60 days, which is a requirement of, of uh, HHS. The OCR wants you to report within 60 days of first realizing you've been breached. So here are the three Three breaches, I reported this yesterday also on the Cybersecurity Daily, which is a much shorter show. So if you don't want to listen to this, to me ramble for 45 minutes to an hour, then go listen to the Cybersecurity Daily. It's not on, on uh, Apple podcast yet, but it will be soon. It is at pretty much everywhere else though. Um, so the three breaches, Ferguson Medical Group reports data loss from ransomware attacks. So uh, short, long story short, Ferguson Medical Group is now owned by St. Francis Health when they were breached, they were not. St. Francis discovered the issue Uh, early in 2019. The breach was from 2018, the last quarter of 2018 and um, as a result of the breach, they were not able to recover uh, patient data between September 20th 2018 and December 31st 2018. So um, anybody who, any patient who was a patient of Ferguson Medical Group in Missouri um, during that time frame should should reach out to Ferguson to see what um, recourse they have. And uh, obviously, you, you should be monitoring your credit and so forth. Choice Cancer Care Employee Email Hack and Solara Medical Supplies Reports months long Data Breach. Both of these were email hacks. Both of these Appear to have no multi-factor authentication set up, password policies, and storing data, especially sensitive data, in email. So both of these are again failures on on the behalf of the healthcare provider and the healthcare provider IT if they had any to set up any type of security with the email. The Solara one appears to be a little bigger. Potentially impacting 114,000 patients, so that could uh, that could sting a little bit for them. All right, an article on Security Magazine reports new data predicts unprecedented levels of holiday hacking, and this should come as no surprise if you've listened to previous episodes, because I reported this and wrote a blog post about this a couple of weeks ago. On I believe I I launched the blog on November first regarding holiday hacking. So this is not news. This is uh, this just reinforces what I'm what I've said a couple of weeks ago. That's uh, 3 weeks ago now. A new report from Tala Security predicts unprecedented levels of online data theft this holiday season due to a lack of deployed client-side security measures. The state of the web report highlights the wide- widespread vulnerability resulting from integrations that enable and enhance website functionality these integrations which exist on nearly every modern website operating today allow attackers to target PI, PII, which is personally identifiable information and payment information now for PII to be compromised it needs to be two pieces of information so first name last name and then another piece of information like home address email address social security number etc um let's see Ninety-eight percent of the Alexa 1,000 websites were found to be lacking security measures, measures. So this means the top 1,000 websites in the world, according to Alexa, and that's not the uh, voice search, by the way. That's, that's Alexa um, that tracks website um, rankings, traffic, and so forth. According to them, 98% of the top 1,000 sites are vulnerable. Lacking security measures capable of preventing attacks. In related warnings, both the FBI and the PCI council caution that hackers are targeting online credit card information. Online merchants and website owners must recognize the critical need for client-side security. The fundamental driver of online commerce consumer trust is at stake as attackers target widespread client-side vulnerabilities to steal credentials, credit card numbers, financial data, and other PII, said Anand Krishnan founder, and CEO of Tala Security. Key findings of the report include only 2% of Alexa 1000 sites have implemented effective controls to prevent personal financial and credential theft. I wonder if Amazon is one of those 2 sites. 2%, sorry. User form data sent, captured on forms, available on 98% of websites, is exposed to 10 times more domains than intended by the website owner. This creates a massive opportunity for data theft from attackers. The average website relies on 31 third-party integrations, which provide nearly two-thirds of the content customers view on their browsers. This content is delivered via client-side connections that lack effective security controls. Most consumers will be surprised to learn that only one-third of the content rendering on their browser is owned, created, and served by the owner of the website. The remaining two-thirds is served via client-side connections that lack effective security. Although 27% of website owners attempt to deploy security measures, only 2% succeed in deploying effective policies capable of preventing client side attacks. So, then there's a, this is on securitymagazine.com, and there is a link to the actual full report. So, if you're interested in reading more and learning more about it, go check that out. But t- so only 2% of the top 1,000 websites in the world are able to um, be successful in, in deploying security measures to protect consumer data. During this holiday season or anytime, realistically. Now, it was another report of, um, and I don't have it in front of me today, I think I reported it last week that uh, web.com and a couple of uh, other registrars were hacked and data was stolen. Uh, this is leading to a, a huge increase in phishing websites, and a lot of those phishing websites are shopping sites. So, you know, I don't know if Macy's is one of them, but let's use Macy's as the example. There's, there are going to be clones of the Macy's website that are actually phishing sites that will steal your information. So it is, it, online shopping, it doesn't come without risk, big risk. So be secure and be safe out there. Monitor your stuff. And also reported yesterday, or I think I reported this Thursday, this is on Cyware. Unprotected PACS PACS servers accounted for 1.19 billion medical images leaked in the span of three months. So these PACS servers were not protected. Many healthcare providers use these servers to store um, images of their patients, and they were compromised, or they, they weren't compromised. They were not protected. They were found unprotected. So as a result, a lot of uh, patient data has been. Um, Exposed. So in the in the U.S. alone, this this is a lot of countries were were impacted by this. 75 percent of the images belong to the U.S., India, South Africa, Brazil, and Ecuador. In the U.S., around seven hundred eighty six million exposed images were identified. Uh, a subset of around one hundred and fourteen point five million images were fully accessible. These images were exposed by sixty new PACS servers belonging to over eight hundred institutions, including clinics hospitals and radiology service providers. A total of one hundred and ninety five systems using unguarded PACS servers were identified by this huge leak and forty nine of them were taken offline immediately and are no longer available. So that's uh you know, one point one nine billion or roughly a little more than one eighth of the world has had um, images exposed. Healthcare their patient health Images um so that's big again, lack of controls, lack of security follow through lack of i t knowledge a lot of things that went wrong there lack of collaboration so there there is movement in in the hipaa community in the healthcare community for more collaboration so that data like this doesn't continue to get exposed. Um, you know, I wonder at what point is it really too late? You know, 1.19 billion. We're not seeing numbers in the millions anymore. We're seeing numbers in the billions now for healthcare information being exposed. All right, so let's get to the meat and potatoes of our episode today. I have three topics I want to go over. So the first one, Louisiana state government hit with ransomware. I reported this earlier this week. Um, The Louisiana state government was hit by ransomware and forced server shutdowns. Uh, Many Louisiana state services were impacted, including the Office of Motor Vehicles, and all of the Office of Motor Vehicles were shut down for uh, approximately two days. So let's go through this. Targeted ransomware attacks on banking and finance, government healthcare, and critical infrastructure are on the rise, with the latest victim being the state government of Louisiana. So that first sentence right there. Uh, There are cybersecurity experts that were reporting ransomware was on the decline. That is not accurate. It went down a little bit this year because one of the major actors, threat actors in ransomware attacks was um, essentially they were offline. That has changed in the second half of 2019, and we are on pace to have another record year for ransomware, both in the number of attacks and in the dollar amount requested for ransoms. So don't believe the hype. The state government of Louisiana was hit by a large-scale coordinated ransomware attack yesterday. This was reported on November 19th. That was Tuesday. So Monday they were hit, Um, which forced the state to take several state agency servers offline, including government websites, email systems, and other internet internal applications to mitigate the risk of the malware's infection from spreading. Monday's ransomware attack resulted in the subsequent shutdown of a majority of large state agencies, including the Office of the Governor, Office of Motor Vehicles, the Department of Health, the Department of Children and Family Services, and the Department of Transportation and Development. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards revealed the incident in a series of tweets saying that he had activated the state's cybersecurity team in response to the cyber attack and that the shutdown of services was due to the state's response and not due to the attack. So... The good news is they had a plan in the event that something like this happened. Now, they were able to recover within a couple of days, which for a large-scale attack like this is not bad. So all services were back online within two days. Now, with that being said, two days of no uh, motor vehicles and other services, that's a lot of lost productivity, and that's a lot of money to eat still. The, uh, The other thing is, so they had a plan. And the governor says they activated the state's cybersecurity team. But what does that mean, activated? Isn't cybersecurity an ongoing team? Isn't Aren't they 24-7 monitoring? I, I, so that that is a little concerning. But overall, two days to recover is not a terrible thing. This is the second major ransomware attack that Louisiana suffered this year. In July, Louisiana declared a state of emergency following a coordinated ransomware outbreak that disrupted nearly half a dozen school districts. Governor Edwards also confirmed that Monday's cyber attack is similar to the July's ransomware attack. Uh, At this time, it's unclear what family ransomware malware was used in the latest attack, how the ransomware got into the state's systems, and how much amount the attackers have demanded as a ransom. Uh, However, the governor has assured that there is no anticipated data loss and that the state did not pay a ransom. So also good news. Uh, I'll say it again, I say it all the time, do not pay the ransom if you are attacked by ransomware. You are making yourself a target for future ransomware attacks. You need to mitigate, which means having a backup and disaster recovery plan, and you need to um, put, p- put measures in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. All right, next up in the news on hippojournal.com, SmartWatch Data Act, Introduced to improve privacy protections for consumer health data. So, we all know about smartwatches, many of them have them, many of us have them, including myself. I have a smartwatch, and um, the problem that we've seen over the years yes, it's been years now with smartwatches is there's been breaches where data has been exposed. There was one incident where military base was exposed because of a smartwatch, so um. Let's go through this. The Stop Marketing and Revealing the Wearables and Trackers Consumer Health Smartwatch Data Act. So Stop Marketing and Revealing the Wearables and Trackers Consumer Health is short for, or Smartwatch is the acronym for that. So pretty cool, huh? Data Act has been introduced by Senators Billy Cassidy and Jackie Rosen uh, of Louisiana and Nevada The new legislation will ensure that health data collected through fitness trackers, smartwatches, and health apps cannot be sold or shared without consumer consent. So you can't sell my heart rate to other people. The HIPAA Act applies to health data collected, received, stored, maintained, or transmitted by HIPAA-covered entities and their business associates. Some of the same information is collected, stored, and transmitted by fitness trackers, wearable devices, and health apps. That information can be used, shared, or sold without consent. Consumers have no control over who can access their health data. The new legislation aims to address that privacy gap. So that's pretty serious stuff there. The bill prohibits the transfer, sale, sharing, or access of any non-anonymized consumer health information or other individually identifiable health information that is collected, recorded, or derived from personal consumer devices to domestic information brokers, other domestic entities, or entities based outside the United States unless consent has been obtained from the consumer. Consumer devices are defined as equipment, application software, or mechanism that has primary function or capability to collect, store, or transmit consumer health information. The SmartWatch Data Act applies to information about the health status of an individual, personal biometric information, and kinesthetic information collected directly through sensors or inputted manually into apps by consumers. The SmartWatch Data Act would treat all health data collected through apps, wearable devices, and trackers as protected health information. There have been calls for HIPAA to be extended to cover app developers and wearable device manufacturers that collect, store, maintain, process, or transmit consumer health information. The SmartWatch Data Act does not extend HIPAA to cover these companies. Instead, the legis- legislation applies to the data itself. The bill proposes the HHC Office of Civil Rights, the main enforcer of the compliance with HIPAA, should also be responsible for enforcing compliance with the SmartWatch Data Act. The penalties for noncompliance with the SmartWatch Data Act would be the same as the penalties for HIPAA violations. So that will be interesting to see how they, they manage that. The introduction of technology to our healthcare system in the form of apps and wearable health devices has brought up a number of important questions regarding data collection and privacy, said Senator Rosen. The common sense, bipartisan legislation will extend existing healthcare privacy protections to personal health data collected by apps and wearables, preventing this data from being sold or used commercially without the consumer's consent. The legislation was introduced following the news that Google has partnered with Ascension, which I've mentioned this in a few podcasts now, the second largest healthcare provider in the United States, and has given access to the health information of 50 million Americans. That partnership has raised a number of questions about the privacy of health information. So basically Google has collected PHI in partnership with Ascension, um, and they have not exactly disclosed why yet, so we'll see. The Ascension data passed by Google is covered by HIPAA, but currently Fitness Tracker data is not. Google intends to acquire Fitness Tracker manufacturer Fitbit, and I think that's already happened, or, or uh, the groundwork has been laid in 2020, and concern has been raised about how Google will use personal health data collected through Fitbit devices. The SmartWatch Data Act would help to ensure that consumers are given a say in how their health data is used. So very interesting stuff. That was on HIPAA Journal. Uh, of course, I will continue to follow that story closely to see where it goes and keep everybody up to date. All right, our final piece of news for this week, Episode 5. Um, not uh, not exactly business-related, more consumer-related, but um, interesting nonetheless. A blog on nuagetech.com that I wrote uh, earlier this week, posted it on December 19th i'm sorry november 19th getting ahead of myself here disney plus hacked was it inevitable that's a, a reference to Endgame, by the way and uh there's one easy fix for this so uh, a lot of people so disney plus launched on november 12th of course i have it you know i'm a big star wars fan a s- sort of big marvel fan my son loves marvel universe um, lots of great content the mandalorian is great Go watch it. I really recommend you watch it. Um, Even if you're not a Star Wars fan, go watch it. Um, So it launched on November 12th. Shortly after, lots of reports of accounts being hacked. Um, Last count I saw, there was over 4,000 accounts being hacked. Now, there were 10 million people signed up for Disney+. 4,000 accounts is 0.004% of all the accounts. So not even a half a percent. Not even a quarter of a percent. I'm sorry, 0.04% uh, of the total subscribers. So it's not even a, a half a percent um, were hacked. So a half of a half a percent, sorry. Listen, Numbers are escaping me this morning. Anyway, the point is 4,000 sounds like a big number. It's really not when you consider 10 million people signed up. But a lot of people are blaming Disney+. Plus. A lot of people are saying the platform was hacked. That is not what happened. So was Disney Plus hacked? There are cybersecurity experts out there that are saying, yes, it was. And there are people in the IT industry that question them on this and are just being told, you don't know what you're talking about. No, it was not hacked. If Disney Plus was hacked, you you would think it would be more than 4,000 users. It would be closer to you know, millions. Um, what is happening is that users are using weak passwords or reusing and, or reusing the same credentials that they've used somewhere else. Uh, The content, where where are we? So these accounts that are being compromised are being purchased on the dark web for $3. And the problem is once your account's been hacked, you don't have, there's nothing you could do about it because you no longer have access to the account. They're changing the the, the login information. The account is uh, locked for that user. And the account then gets sold on the dark web for, you know, $3, $3. I bought a Disney plus account and I could use it until the end user realizes something is wrong and then calls the credit card company to cancel it. So these customers, these 4,000 people, some of them have called Disney plus and have gotten nowhere with Disney plus. Uh, now my understanding is Disney plus does have fairly, um, So they have a system in place to prevent how many logins you have. So I've been told that if you log into more than four devices, that they won't allow it. Now, I have not experienced that. I have not attempted to use four devices at the same time yet. Um, I think i have only used two or three at the most. So I don't know if that's an accurate statement. So here's where people are going wrong. It's not Disney's problem that you're using a weak password. It's not Disney's problem that you use the same password on Facebook. It is your problem. You need to educate yourself on strong passwords and reusing passwords. So I'll tell you what a strong password is. A strong password is uppercase, lowercase, numbers, and special characters. The longer, the better. It's better to use a 10-character password than it is an 8 I don't have any passwords shorter than fifteen characters, unless whatever application it is doesn't accept fifteen characters. Every one of my password has uppercase, lowercase, numbers, and and um, special characters. And I use a password manager. You should also use a password manager because it's impossible to remember all the passwords you need throughout the day. That password manager should only be able to be accessed with a very complicated password. Or biometrics. So I use biometrics. That p- I use LastPass. That password manager should also only be able to be accessed, if it's one you use over the internet, set up multi-factor authentication. <coughs> now this is where Disney failed at this point anyway. Multi-factor authentication is not an option on Disney+. Plus. That is a failure. Netflix and Hulu have multi-factor authentication. This needs to be set up immediately on Disney+. Plus. To prevent these type of scenarios, this way I can, when I log in, when I try to access Disney Plus from somewhere else, it asks for my username and password, and then it asks for another form of of authentication. So in the case of LastPass, I have to go to an app that's on my phone, look for a time-based token, six-digit number, to enter into LastPass so that I can log into LastPass. So in order to uh, gain access to my LastPass account, you have to know what email address I'm using, and I have multiple email addresses. You have to know what very long password I'm using. I don't know how many characters it is, but it's probably close to 20. Um, and you have to have access to my soft token app on my phone, which to get on my phone, you need a thumbprint. So you see that's strong password policy that's strong account um locking policy making sure that your your accounts are s- secure disney plus doesn't have multi-factor authentication yet i'm i would imagine that it's coming disney plus didn't launch without some some minor issues in the first day people couldn't even log on and it was all kinds of issues um playback issues just just stuff normal normal users experience stuff that they could have done better but no multi-factor authentication now strong password policy you need to have that in place you cannot reuse passwords there's a good chance that you're reusing a password that's already been compromised so if you use a password on let's say linkedin that you used four years ago i believe it was four years ago when they were compromised those passwords were dumped on the dark web if you're reusing that same password and the same email, email address, that information is, is available on the dark web. You, people are going to go to Disney Plus and say, let me try this username and, and password. And there are applications out there that automate this process. So it doesn't take long to find out if accounts are uh, using the same credentials that you may have used in, in LinkedIn when they were breached four years ago. Or any other application that may have been breached. Um, it also doesn't take long if you have a 6 or 8 character password with just lowercase letters. It doesn't take long to brute force that. Not at all. Uh, Disney Plus doesn't appear to prevent you know, a number of logins in a short period of time. A number, number of login attempts in a short period of time. I, I haven't really tested that. Uh, It does not geofence, and it does not have multi-factor authentication. What do I mean by geofence? So if I'm in central Connecticut, if I travel outside of central Connecticut, let's say I go to California and try to log in from California, I should get blocked until I can prove I am who I say I am Uh, because that's not my normal footprint. I'm not normally in California. So if accounts are being compromised, chances are it's not somebody in the same area you're in and they should have been geofenced. fenced um, So that option is not available on Disney Plus either yet. Again, I would imagine it will be. Um, so let's see what else I could tell you here. So I told you what Disney Plus can do differently. And I told you what you need to do differently. And I, I mean, that's pretty much going to sum it up. The reason I chose Disney Plus in this example is because it's relevant. Because I think it will get people's attention. Um, but, but this is not new. Password, passwords have been an issue for some time now, and people are not taking it seriously. The, the many, you know, I reported earlier in this episode two, two breaches, two HIPAA violation or two HIPAA breaches that were email accounts being compromised, which means multi-factor authentication wasn't set up. I know not all email providers offer multi-factor authentication, but the two big ones do g suite in office 365 but it also means weak passwords were probably in use and or phishing was done um social engineering so phishing is social engineering so social engineering continues to be a big problem weak passwords continue to be a big problem even though these things have been talked about ad nauseum. if you're doing this on your disney plus account then there's a really good chance you're doing this in your business life as well and so you need to improve security in order to prevent data loss Data loss can result in business loss or or the business closing. And in 60% of the cases, businesses close six months after a data loss, after data loss. So um, something to think about. So check that out. That's on unwatchtech.com. That's nwajtech.com. That's going to do it for this episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Podcast. Come back next week. Um, I am going to record on Black Friday for for this podcast, so I will um, have that up for you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy your food, family, fun, friends, and football. And until next week, stay secure.